Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. Uh, I am Kerwin and I'm here with my buddy. Kushro. And uh, this is actually episode 57. I think I can actually say the episode numbers again because uh, <laughs> we've caught up. A much delayed episode. <laughs> A much delayed episode, yeah. Uh, we've been just um, trying to get in sync. Uh, to get the episodes done and we didn't want to like you know start had bad sound or whatever it is but we're back uh we're back with the episodes uh with the weekly uh episodes and i've realized that um one of the episodes uh we missed episode 12 so that's going to be uploaded uploaded and i still have one episode that i did with uh, a hawaiian airlines pilot um that we need to load at some point so um i got some uploading thing to do so, uh, Kusha, what's your background this week? Um, my favorite livery of all time, BOAC, the old British Airways. There and this go. is the, the last 747 uh, landing after its final flight at this place called Vale of Glamorgan, which mm-hmm. is near Cardiff, um, where it's going to be uh, stored as like a historical Ah, uh, okay. Wow. Um, and I guess in keeping the beer, but bleh, sorry, keeping the British Airways and the 747s, I have a string of 747s, it looks like. I think they're all, this they're all 747s maybe. And this was, um, not to the one of them looked like a 777 in there. This was done uh, at Heathrow Airport. Um, I guess when you land or taxiing out, you get to see all the planes sitting at either T5 or at the satellite terminal. And I think this is actually the satellite terminal that we're looking at. Um, and one of them in a one world, in a one world color. Sadly, Heathrow is going to look different whenever we go back, huh? <laughs> yeah. They don't expect to open T4 until I believe the end of the year, 2021. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I hope they're making renovations to it. Well, now would be the time, but T4 was actually not, it, it's the nearest one to T2, right? right. No, T5 is. Uh, well, it's T2 as the newest, T5, and then T4. And then T4, okay, all right, because I know they did some stuff there. And T3, are they ever going to open T3? What are they going to do with that? Yeah, I don't know. What yeah, they are going to, because that's the oldest. T1 and T3. Old, yeah, that, yeah, those are the oldest. I don't know what they're going to do with those. Um, all right. So this week we have um, quite a few stories, and we're going to try to keep between 30 and 45 minutes, but we'll see how that goes. So um, the first story is, you know, everyone is, a bit, uh, I guess, talking about making airlines greener. And some of the European airlines are um, are actually doing some of it. So before everyone gets you know gets too excited, the airline industry they've actually been doing a lot of testing. So they've been doing that biofuel testing, and um, uh, I know that Virgin and United and a few of them have been doing stuff. So this story is actually about United, and they've made a commitment. And uh, what's the commitment they've made, Kosha? So this was United was the first airline to kick it off. I hadn't really heard of this from any other airline as uh, 
decisively as United mentioned. Mm -hmm. And it sort of made me feel very good that um, United was making such a bold commitment. And what they did on December 10th was announce that um, they are committed to being, um, as they said, 100% green by the year 2050. Okay. And the way they were going to do this, at least one of the ways they were going to do this, is to invest in a plan to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere through an air-dried capture technology. Um, mm. They've called this project 1.5, and it's in partnership with Occidental Petroleum's subsidiary called Oxy Low Carbon Ventures. Okay. And also with uh, a company called uh, Rasheen Capital Management. Now, these two, in collaboration, plan to build the first US-based industrial-sized direct air capture plant that would permanently sequester about a million tons of carbon dioxide uh, from the atmosphere per year. Until now, uh, this has not been really possible, and it's what the equivalent of 40 million trees can do, uh, but in an area that's about 3,000 3, times as small. Oh, okay. The only scalable uh, technology to remove carbon dioxide so far has apparently been where it's removed from the atmosphere and buried underground. And somehow that seemed, does not seem very practical, but apparently it is. So um, uh, until now, most airlines have been purchasing what are called these carbon offsets. So in other words, they make investments in projects that uh, uh, tend to lower their carbon footprint, like uh, investing in recycling programs right. and things like that. So um, United is also, investing in a big way in sustainable aviation fuel that now has the abbreviation of SAF. And I didn't realize this, but this type of fuel has 80% less carbon emissions than conventional jet fuel. I'm not sure really how that's possible, but I will believe United. Yeah, but they had, um, remember they have that, that 737-800 that's painted with the green thing. Right, but that and was ages ago. Yeah, and it's supposed to be flying on one at one of the engines used biofuel or something like that. Yeah, that was a continental <laughs> initiative, I remember right. Yeah, um, I was, I was, as you were speaking, I was trying to look up because we had we had talked about another airline that had done um, carbon, some carbon initiatives as well. I, I don't want all, all these other airlines going. Well, we've done something too. And, and they have, um, but this is good. So how are they, well, they gonna be extracting the carbon monoxide? Carbon the, dioxide, dioxide from the atmosphere. From the I'm atmosphere. not exactly sure. I've heard this story. I haven't really bothered to look into it, but it sounds incredible how they're going yeah. to do this. And they've only given themselves, what, 30 years to do it? But see, I think that's, that's, that's I don't think we have much more time before we all fry ourselves. Oh, we are not going to fry, Kushro. We're going to be fine. We're not going to be. Technology. Well, we're not going to be here forever. 
Um, and, as, and as we know, people don't change because uh, you'd think with COVID people would change. People don't change. No. Uh, if, we, if we haven't changed and there's a virus at our doorstep, which is which when some people get it, they react violently to it and actually die. I don't think we're going to change again. <laughs> but um, OK, so in keeping with that, um, British Airways is doing something similar. What are they doing? BA, in fact, I've, I'm wondering if they rushed this to announcement because just two days after United made this bold announcement, yeah. BA announces this partnership with uh, this hydrogen electric aviation solution firm, as they call them. It's called Zero Avia. And uh, as they say, it's to explore, and this is a BA quote, the transformational possibilities of moving from fossil fuels to zero emission hydrogen to power the airline's future fleet. Mm. Now this I find more realistic yeah. because you know, with electric um, aviation, you still have to produce the electricity. You have to produce the batteries mm -hmm. and that takes a considerable, a considerable amount of resources and heavy metals and, precious metals and all that sort of thing. So this yeah. hydrogen angle that BA is going for sounds more green to me, not to sort of denigrate what United or any other carrier is doing. Yeah. But um, this is a pretty impressive little company. It's based in London and California. And uh, what they did in um, September this year is that they had the first hydrogen fuel cell powered flight of a commercial sized aircraft, which was a Piper M class six seat aircraft okay. that flew from Cranfield in Bedfordshire, uh, which is sort of between um, Oxford and Cambridge right. in the UK. Um, and they also flew on the same aircraft, a battery power, fully battery powered plane um, on the same aircraft in June of this year. Mm. So the collaboration between Zero Avia and British Airways will be, as they say, embedded in the heart of the airline. And um, this, I guess, not so small firm, but it is sort of small, is pretty aggressive in what it targets as benchmarks for success because it is planning um, a commercialization of hydrogen electric power for aircraft as early as 2023 with flights of up to 500 miles in up to 20 seat aircraft. Now granted, there are not too many routes that have these um, 20 seat planes. It's still a start, I think. And then even more aggressive which is that they're saying by 2027, they want to have power plants, which are engines in service for commercial flights of over 500 miles in aircraft with up to 100 seats. Right. Now that's talking serious commercial flights. And uh, this collaboration is part of the IAG groups, um, what they call the Hangar 51 Accelerator Program. And the way they, they detail it is that they're working with startups and scale-ups to provide them with an opportunity to develop and test products on real 
real world business challenges on a global scale, which makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. So and BA, not surprisingly, has committed to a sustainable future and achieving net zero carbon emissions by 2050, also the same year as United claim. Yeah. Now, in the short term, they've said that they want to improve operational efficiency and introduce carbon offset programs, uh, okay. um, which, again, is standard for short term projects. Yeah. And in the long term, medium to long term, they want to invest in the development of, as they call it, sustainable aviation fuels and how to help accelerate the growth of new technologies such as mm -hmm. zero emission hydrogen-powered aircraft. I got you. Oh, Kushra, now, Kushra, hold on one sec. Um, something is making a clicking sound on your side. Uh, every, time you, every time you put your head down to read, it's making a clicking sound, so I don't know what it is. Okay. Is uh, it doing it again? No, it's gone now. Okay, that's odd. Yeah. And anyway, continue. It, it, it was just so odd. Every time you said something, you'd hear click, 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 click in the back. I'm okay, yeah, go ahead. but um, this is very similar to a topic we discussed a few, several weeks ago, actually, of with Airbus and their zero E projects right. to bring zero emission hydrogen powered aircraft um, into service by 2035. Mm -hmm. So I hope these two are not working at cross purposes, but um, I don't know full details of that. Yeah, I mean, I, oh. I, I guess it makes sense that they're doing it with different, because uh, Airbus is only going to do Airbus, and British Airways had both both planes. And so right. I, guess, I guess they figured they would get a third party uh, to do something. Well, I can only hope that Zero Avia would then collaborate with Airbus using yeah. their technology. Yeah. Because I, they're much more close to... Uh, hydrogen fuel cell aircraft and airbuses, as far as I know. Yeah, that would be so. interesting. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the skeptic. I, and wait and see what they come up with. Because sounds like they don't have anything yet. Sounds <laughs> like they're still trying to figure it out. That right. That's uh, the way I look at it. Yeah, it's like okay, that sounds good on paper, but let's see what you come up with in the end. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we'll keep an eye out and see what... Um, I hope what, they keep giving us details because yeah. this was in Business Traveler yeah. magazine. Well, I think they definitely will because... Um, it makes know, the airline look good. Right, exactly. And people are always complaining about airplanes, um, you know, boring holes in the sky because, you know, people just like to complain about airplanes. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, I'm not making any friends again, am I? <laughs> um, excuse me. So we'll definitely keep an eye on this to see what happens between um, BA and United and the other airlines that are doing the initiatives. Uh, all right, speaking of United, um, so all these airlines are trying to save money and trying to come up with innovative ways of doing it. And United has something called agent on demand. What is that? It's all cloaked in, um, this is for your safety, no touch, contact. Oh, that. But, I mean, um, I don't see this as, as a bad thing. I mean, it's still relatively new, but let me explain. Okay. So, United has launched this agent on demand, 
which is really a virtual assistant for customer service representatives at airports. Um, they're testing it currently at um, Chicago O'Hare and Houston Intercontinental. And then they're hoping to roll it out to other United hubs Im imminently. So what it is, is it, it is a means of getting their customers to avoid standing in lines to answer questions of CSRs like, uh, what is the standby list look like? Uh, what is my seat upgrade? Any flight delays and so on and so forth. So apparently what, um, and I wish I had noticed this at Houston uh, last week, but there are these QR codes that are all over the terminal. Okay. Uh, at least in United areas. And uh, they're scanned, it provides a link and the customer then has an option of talking, texting, or, vi or live video chatting with a virtual customer service representative. That is someone who is not at the airport. One part that I thought was interesting was that it can be used uh, by people who do not speak English as their uh, first language, because the technology apparently translates their language into English for the United customer service staff, and then translates it back into the um, language for the United passenger. Hmm. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, you can also get it at certain um, kiosks at the airports uh, to do the same thing. But uh, United has said that um, they have made, and they really have, because we've talked about this uh, earlier, that they're still United, United passengers can still expect to receive, as they say, the highest level of service while prioritizing their health and safety with this virtual assistant program. Uh, they're also uh, coming out with an app for visually impaired passengers. And of course, they've already done the text alerts for passengers on standby and upgrade lists. Um, and as a means to reduce person-to-person -person interaction um, and give customers, as they say, a contactless option to remove, to receive immediate information. You're getting, you're getting this, you're getting the sound again. I think it's your microphone that's brushing on your clothing. Really? Yeah. Let me try <laughs> Sorry. It happened again. As soon as you bent forward, you were fine. When you were sitting back, it was okay. <laughs> Is it still doing it? No, you're good now. How odd. Yeah. But um, yeah, I actually did hear um, constant, at least talk on board at least of United's uh, safety and cleaning procedures. Oh, okay. um, I, but I really haven't seen it, or I didn't really notice at terminals. Um, so I have a on board. It's a very prominent announcement. Okay, that's good. So I have a question about the virtual assistant thingy. Um, uh, is it is it a real person I'm going to be talking to? It is. Um, yes, it's just that they're offsite. Okay, so it's just a, a convenience to avoid. No at the airport because typically when you see a csr there's a line in front of that person 
Well, right. I and I and I and I get that. Um, so how are they going to communicate to people that instead of talking to a person at the airport, you can talk to a person on the phone? Yeah, that's a good good point. And how is that good different point. from you picking up the phone and calling reservations? That's an option as well. Because remember, there's a link for that. You have a, an option to call them, to text them, or to um, video chat with them. Now, what the big challenge I see is what happens in weather situation. Or yeah, if it, a large aircraft is canceled, a flight exactly. is canceled. Um, that will be the big test. But I'm hoping United has thought of that. And I'm sure they have. I don't understand why this is necessary. Um, I, I, I know they're saying, yes, you know, we, wanna, uh, we don't want to have people standing in line. I get that. Um, but... I can call a reservations agent now. So why don't you make it so that if I'm calling you, if I, if I call the reservations number and I'm at the airport, um, route it to the right place. You know what I mean? So maybe say something like, are you at the, are you currently, are you, are you at the airport traveling right now? And route You'd me. have to be, you'd have to be. Well, right. But, but they have all, they have all these things that when you call, it asks you uh. a whole bunch of questions now which is really annoying, but it asks you a whole bunch of questions. And um, if, if I'm being connected to these on-demand people, mm -hmm. I assume that there's a phone number I can call or something like that. Yes. It, I, yes, there is. It, it, it sounds weird, but I'm pretty sure the smart people know what they're doing. Um, it, just, <laughs> it, it, just, it just seems like you're putting in another layer and, and I'm, and you know, and, what they're going to say eventually is we don't need as many agents. Well, that's the goal, right? All airlines are striving for that. I know, but it's you a bad goal. You don't need as many sure. agents at the, at the airport. I know, but that's a bad goal because it means that people are losing their jobs. And this happens with a lot of airlines. I don't like that. Remember, remember, when, oh. they first, remember when they first put kiosk out? They're like, oh, no, you won't lose your job. And what happens now? <laughs> you go to the airport, you see like 20 kiosks and two agents. And this is not just United. This is all the airlines came out and said that. Kiosks so, are wonderful, though. Kiosks are wonderful, but it doesn't replace humans. And the problem, though, Kusha, with kiosks and, and these types of automation is that when I actually need to speak to somebody, they tell me to go use a kiosk. And it's just like when you call on the phone and they're giving you all these options. And I'm like, I know that those options can't help me. I want a person. Give me a person. Now, this is a person, but I'm pretty sure yeah. I have to jump to hoops to get to this person. I don't know. I don't like it. But, but, that's, but that's just me. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be watching and see, and hopefully at some point I can test the uh, agent on demand. I like... I, the I wish I had... A valid question to ask, or if I had remembered this, yeah, at I'm, the airport. I, 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 I like automation. Don't get me wrong, but um, I, I don't like when the automation replaces a ton of people. Or I, I don't see the need for this automation. Remember, Qantas did this oh, a few weeks ago. They announced it that they were removing all. Did I? Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, you. You froze for a little bit, but... Qantas did this a few it, months ago in and, Australia. And this is my issue with automation, right? 
um, you are you are you are taking the people out of the equation, and it's like you said, um, I I need that person when that one agent is up there servicing me, um, servicing two hundred people who just got kicked off a flight, and I had that same issue, right? I was with, I was in South Africa, I was on um, I think it was Qatar Airways, the flight had a cancellation because it got struck by lightning on the inbound, and um, they farm out South Africa. And so because they farmed it out, the people there was just one guy, it seems, that worked for Qatar. There might have been more, but the majority of them were all um, Contract. contractors. And they just sat around and they couldn't answer any questions. We all had to go to that one guy um, who was there. And so it took forever to process us to get hotels and uh, be told where to go and all that kind of stuff. So in, in things like these, when everybody has to call and talk to this virtual agent, who hopefully will have all the details, the same details that the agent at the airport does, because you and I know that that's not usually the case, right? The airport and agent- And that there are enough of them available. Right. Exactly. The airport, and now the good thing is that United just did the thing where they give you virtual vouchers, right? Yes. Um, so that's good. At least these people on the phone can give you the, the, the vouchers already. But if it's a question like, how do I, I get that? To, how do I get, to baggage claim, um, you know, what, where do I go to pick up the airport bus and stuff like that, a hotel bus, things like that, an agent halfway across the world will not know that. But are you expecting them to know? Well, is that even realistic, a question to ask of a United? Yes, they're an agent on demand and my flight just got canceled and I'm at Houston airport and I need to go to the Holiday Inn. How do I get there? I can't ask the agent up the front because the agent in demand is supposed to fix that. So it's, it's, it's those agents have to be able to answer local questions because they're replacing a, a local person. So I, I understand what they're trying to do. I understand they're trying to make money and or save money. I totally get it. But the practicality of it, you're gonna have a lot of upset customers. But maybe that's why they're rolling it out only in two hubs. Yeah, but you know, in the trial period. Yeah, but you know, once it goes in two hubs and it works to someone's satisfaction, it's going to go. But is that a bad thing? Yeah, because they're replacing people. I don't like, I don't like. But that's, as they say, inexorable. It's going to happen. And it is happening. But I don't like it. Because it means yeah, but we have to get used to it, right? Yeah, we have to get used to it. What is that? What is that person? The person just got laid off. What do they do now? See, you think the average passenger gives a damn? Honestly, no, but the company should. Um, So you think they do? Most companies. There's no loyalty. No, there's no loyalty. Most companies are just looking at the bottom line. They're like, well, you know, uh, you're one. They call us uh, an FTE, full-time employee. <laughs> and it's always funny because when they say they have half of FTE, I'm like, really, you have half a person working for you? <laughs> so, so uh, but, you know, but anyway, um, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye out and see what they, and, you know, and, and I welcome you guys to, to, to um, give us your point of view. And um, how do you feel about technology replacing humans? And um, I, I know they say you can retrain the employee to do something else in the company, 
but that doesn't usually happen. When you say this will save me five full-time employees, it means that five people are going to lose their jobs. They are not moving them to another part of the company. It doesn't work that way. Yep. But it's the reality. It's here it's and it's reality. coming in, in increasing amounts. Yeah, but I don't have to like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Um, all right. Let's talk about COVID testing. Um, wow, those two stories, those three stories had nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> we, were, we went a whole 20 minutes and didn't talk about COVID. Um, all right, but we're going to talk about COVID now. So American Airlines, um, when, we've always said that testing is the key, right? Airlines actually owning up and doing the testing is the key. And so um, what happens now is that uh, American Airlines, because uh, we're talking about them doing some testing, but they're expanding it. So tell us more, Kusha. So they started out a few months ago with um, arranging for testing for international destinations. Uh, like It was the Caribbean, right? Right, the Caribbean. They started out, I believe they started with Jamaica and then they expanded. So now American has announced that they have this partnership with this testing partner called Let's Get Checked, which is a little okay. too cute for my liking, but there you have it. <laughs> um, you can purchase this kit for 129 US dollars, which is really not that cheap in my opinion. Um, and that includes a medical professional virtually assisting um, you and um, with express mail shipping both ways for this mm. test, which typically is a PCR test that you have to take um, a certain amount number of hours before your departure date. And now it is valid for all US domestic destinations that require travel restrictions, that have travel restrictions. Which is everywhere. <laughs> Which is, well, not everywhere, not for Texas, but it is for places like New York. Hawaii, of course, already has it. Alaska, I think, has it. Oh, this is domestic. Domestic, yes. Oh, yeah, it, it is U.S. destination. Okay. So yeah. I have to say... They already have it for, um, as I said, um, near international destinations like Canada, the Caribbean, and Central America. Um, I don't believe they have this for South America yet. Hmm, okay. And South America is not really near, um, it's not close really to the US. So when, when I do a, um, a at home test, how do they know it's me? You know, that's another valid point. <laughs> I don't trust- That's a good point. There. That's a very good point. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust people. I mean, because now it means that we have to do some DNA, right? <laughs> You're making me think deviously now. <laughs> sure, people are getting on planes with COVID and not telling the airlines. So do you think they're going to do a proper test? That's right. I never thought of that. Uh, so I, don't, I don't know how they're... How they're um, all right, we'll have to look into that and see how do you, how do you match the test results to Don't me. you have to trust, put a little bit of trust in the honesty of people? No, because, <laughs> dude, people cheat urine tests, urine samples. There's a reason when you go to the doctor, they have a thing up that says, do not put any water in the urine thing. Do not this, do not that. Because <laughs> people- You would have to hope. Otherwise it's so depressing. 
It is. You can't it's, trust anyone. Yeah, but all right, Krisha. So speaking of not trusting anyone, um, uh, uh, sadly, um, I think a gentleman got on a flight recently and he got, um, he got sick on the flight. And there were people giving them- This was on United, correct? I think it was I on United. Or yeah. Going to or coming from Orlando. Yep. And um, he, yeah. they, you know, because United, like many other airlines, ask you for self-certification. You know, have you had COVID? Have you been in touch with somebody who had COVID and it wasn't the last cetera, amount of time? Do you have any symptoms? Are you sick? And, uh, and this couple said they were fine. And the guy gets on the plane and um, he has a medical emergency. There were people working on him on the plane. They, I think they stopped in New Orleans and dropped him off. And then uh, he passed away, but, not, but only to find out that he had COVID. And apparently, according to the news reports, the lady said, his wife said that um, he had signs of COVID. But still they declared on the forum that uh, United had asked them that he was fine. And so when things like this happens, it, it makes you really think how many people are actually traveling who are sick. And he actually infected the person who gave him CPR on board. Isn't that correct? Uh, yes, according to the, according to the report, right? Um, and, and this is my thing about flying. And you know, I'm, I'm the biggest proponent of flying, right? But it's like, what happens when you board and somebody so, so if so if this guy didn't die on the flight um we'd have heard nothing about it right yep. and all these people uh would have been exposed to somebody with covid and they would never have known about it um and so um the the testing of passengers before they get on a plane is really an important thing um because people just aren't truthful yeah. And I wonder if the wife knew. She probably did. She, uh, yes, she, I'm sure she did. Right, yeah, because they, they asked her, and and she, according to the news report, it said she said that they had, um, you know, the guy that they, he had COVID. Then they should they should throw the book at her. Really, so, they yeah. have to make an example. Otherwise, these people get away with it. They do, and you know, a lot of the news, like you, you see stuff reported, and some some things are reported differently, but. Just in general, thinking about it, people, if you, if you are sick, um, you should not even be flying in the first place. And people were doing this before because I got on planes and there was people like coughing up a lung next to me. And, um, you know, we didn't have COVID back then, but you know, you get off the plane, you have an itchy throat and it's because you caught something from the person who was coughing all over you. Um, people behave like any hardship is like the end of the world for them. Yeah, he probably had to go to wherever he was going, or felt he had. They had to go, and they couldn't live without going. And I don't, I don't understand it. It's the same thing. Um, there's so many examples of all this stupid stuff that people are going on with. Um, uh, there was that. There was this lady. She was flying from, I think, Denver to New York, and she didn't. I'm, I'm sure you've you've read it too who um, she had a two-year-old with her and United requires that if you're two or over, you have to wear a mask. That's the rule, whether you like it or not. Well, to the dad's credit, they were trying to put a mask on this little girl, but the mask was huge. And so for whatever reason, the little girl didn't want to do it. 
And I was reading something where somebody said that um, with kids, I don't have kids, with kids, you're supposed to, um, you know, what they do with their kids, because they have a kid the same age, is at home they practice before the flight. They practice and they practice it and put the mask on for like the duration of the flight at home, just so the kid is accustomed to it. And uh, I don't know if this couple did that, but then they got, you know, the flight attendant came up and said they had to get off the flight. And then they were making a big stink about it. And I'm like, United has a policy. If you don't like it, you fly another airline. And yep. if your kid's having an issue, that is not the issue of the other hundred and something people on the plane. It is your issue. And you need to do it. You need to, you need to just go fix it. And I see even before COVID, people would do that kind of BS on the plane. But I'm glad United stuck to their guns. I'm glad they stuck to their guns and, uh, and said, you know, this is our policy and we are not, we are not being making an exception. Yeah. yeah. And then I think she said that they got banned from the flight, but United said she didn't get banned from the flight. But that's what her thing said. This whole social media thing is really rubbing me the wrong way. Um, because yeah. people, people tend to use it as a, an outlet. Um, and then you have a whole bunch of comments of people who just hate airlines in general. Um, and there's a whole, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that said they had United had the rule, you should abide by it. And then people who said, well, she's a baby. So what do you do? It's like, she's over two. Um, that's the rule. I mean, and, uh, and the problem too, with a lot of this stuff is, and this happened before is when, when one person bends a rule for you and you go to the next person, the next person says, no. You're like, but the other person said yes. And it's like, well, they made an exception for you. And so now you want to go through your life with exceptions every time. It doesn't really work that way. And as it turns out with this couple, they flew to Florida uh, after that with, um, in first class, somebody gave them a first class ticket. That's really lucky of them. And they flew to Florida and Delta and they left the kid behind because they didn't want to... <laughs> I think the story said they didn't want to have the same issues again or whatever it was. I'm like, and by the way, I think Delta has the same rule, but if the kid won't put the mask on, they're okay with it. And so the rule okay. is just slightly different for Delta. Um, the other thing about the story too was somebody noted that she was going to New York to watch the Christmas lights for the weekend. And I think from where she was leaving, which is Denver to New York, there's a quarantine of at least three days, but she was only going for the weekend. So clearly she was violating the state's um, quarantine restriction. So please people, when you're flying out there, check the restrictions and don't be stupid. This is a different, this is not the same. If, if you guys keep doing stupid things out there with travel, none of us will be able to travel. Um, which is what we're trying to do. I know it's difficult, but give us a break. <laughs> what I want to do, I don't care about anybody else, right? I know, it, it is very strange. Um, another story too with, uh, with this was um, a oh, flight. I'm on a rant this evening. I'm, I'm on a rant because, it, because people, need to, people need to realize that their actions causes crazy, crazy things down the line. Um, a flight left London to a British Airways flight left London to Kingston, Jamaica, back in the Montego Bay. It might have been Kingston. It's one of them. And um, the there was about almost three hundred people on board, 
And at some point during the flight, they announced that everybody has to be quarantined when they land in Jamaica. And people were just going crazy about that. Well, as it turns out, when they tested people, 20 out of the almost 300 people were COVID positive. And so um, they had to, uh, I think they have a, a, a quarantine facility in Jamaica that's close to the airport. Uh, well, close to in Jamaica, like an hour away. <laughs> and, and so they had to uh, quarantine these, um, these people. That's a lot of people for a country like Jamaica. It is, it is. But you know, um, people talk about you can't catch COVID on an airplane. Well, that's BS because there was 300 people on this flight and 20 people had COVID. So those other people were um, exposed to the virus somehow. And um, how did they, well, I guess you could be clear one day and positive the next. Right. Because you're required to take a test no, before you're going to, to Jamaica. Not if you're coming from the UK. <laughs> so that was the wrinkle in this one which is so stupid because Jamaica got its first case from somebody coming from the UK who came for a funeral and she infected a whole bunch of people unknowingly. She had no idea that she had this virus. And so you would think that they would, one country that they should continue testing from is the United Kingdom. But you know, it's a Commonwealth country, it's the mother country, quote unquote. Um, and so I think they made exceptions. And so now, um, sense. yeah, they have a bunch of these people quarantined. And I guess the other people are just monitoring. Because I guess if you, if you test and you're not positive, all they can say is you've been exposed to the virus. You need to monitor yeah. yourself or whatever, whatever the deal is. Um, no, I did not hear about this case. Is it recent? Yeah, uh -huh. I'll send you, I'll send you a link to the, I, I should have sent you a link to the story. <laughs> I was talking to my dad and he told me about it. And then I went and Google and searched for the story and I found it. Um, and I also saw another story later. There was a Guardian story or the Times, one of them might've been the Times that I didn't have access to. And it's the headline was some lady was bitching that um, her vacation turned out to be a nightmare in Jamaica. And I'm like, and this was her, her, what you call her, um, her prize vacation or whatever it said, so something like that. And I'm like, now is not the time to be taking your dream vacation. Yeah. <laughs> but you dare not tell them that. No, and if something happens, don't go quarreling. Oh my God, you ruined my vacation. It's like, lady, we have COVID going on, you know? So yes, your vacation may be ruined. I'm sorry, but really? So, um, sorry, I'm, I, I, I can't stand stupid people. <laughs> so now I'm is... afraid of setting you off on all subsequent <laughs> stories. I know, it's pretty bad. Uh, um, <laughs> we're actually at almost 45 minutes. So let's do one more and then we'll do, <laughs> we'll do the episode. Uncontroversial topic. Uh, okay, all right. Um, See, you, you did one COVID thing and I just went nuts on that, right? Um, well, Kushi, you know what it is, is that um, I have, uh, you know, I see a bunch of my Facebook friends um, and their families are um, either having COVID or their family is dying from COVID. And, yep. then, 
and then you see stupid people on one end. Um, Inconsiderate people. Yeah. Selfish people. Selfish people that just don't think that this is a thing. And so it, it's irritating when I see that because you see people who are suffering and you know people who are suffering, you know people who are dying, and then there's just some people who just don't care. And, it, and then they make such a big fuss when something happens. And so um, that irritates me. Um, so, yep. all right. Um, well, so our next story, uh, and I guess we probably make that the final one. Otherwise, we're going to be here forever. My rant took up like 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, American Airlines is um, offering free in-flight messaging. But dude, they already did that. What's the difference? See, I didn't know about this. Uh, and this is a very strange sort of trial because it's only open to two uh, messaging apps. Okay. Uh, Facebook's Messenger. And here, this other one that I had no idea existed. It's Messenger for Kids. Did you know that? Messenger for Kids, no. It's apparently a Facebook uh, oh. program. So okay. WhatsApp and iMessage are not included. Um, so it's a four-month trial on aircraft equipped with these uh, Viasat high-speed Wi-Fi uh, uh, receivers, which is 80% of the American fleet, which is essentially the 320 family and some yeah. 77 Maxes. That's not bad. Um, so, yeah. And they also announced that uh, they're going to ease their um, – to make it easier for uh, their – um, a advantage um, members Good. frequent flyer plan to board because they're going to make sure that regardless of the type of ticket they buy, any AA advantage person who boards a flight will be at worst group six. Now, uh, I didn't realize American had so many groups. The nine or something is stupid. I, I, uh, I did a post about how ridiculous it is that they have so many groups. <laughs> yes, they do have nine. Nine is for uh, basic economy. Yeah. Um, and That's seven to nine is for business, for basic economy, and depending on um, where you sit. Yeah, wa watching the boarding process uh, with American is like, it's, it's like a comic movie. It's like really funky. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, so yeah, I didn't. I didn't think a lot of people used Messenger, but I am not. Um, I thought it would um, be WhatsApp or. I well, don't. Know. If if it's Facebook Messenger, I mean, uh, it's not bad because then you can at least communicate. A lot of people are on Facebook, and so um, that is actually a really good one. What I thought this was was the um, like if you have T-Mobile, you can get uh, T-Mobile for free on. I think it's on American because they they have that uh, Go Go Wi-Fi. I think it is, and I think also in Delta, you can get okay. you can get uh, messaging uh, for free. I think it's normally like an hour. Or something okay. like that. Um, so it's good that they're doing this. What's going to happen with all this communication stuff is they're going to realize that people just want to talk to each other. Um, and so there's no point in charging me extra for Wi-Fi or for texting and messaging and, some, and stuff like that. Because um, when I went to Africa uh, for um, the safari, they would sell you packages. So you could buy uh, some package and all we give you is just WhatsApp 
and, and Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp and Facebook. And um, apparently that's what people use. You know, they don't... I mean, WhatsApp is amazing. Oh yeah, it is. Everybody uses that. So they, they have pa- so when I went and bought, I told the guy I wanted I wanted Wi-Fi. Well, he went and he bought the WhatsApp and Facebook package. And so I couldn't connect. I was out in the middle of nowhere and I was ready to connect and I couldn't connect. So I couldn't download my files. I couldn't do anything. And, and he was like, yeah, I thought that's what you wanted. I'm like, no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> so um, they are, that kind of stuff is just going to be free um, because it makes sense. I mean, like, they, they're forcing you to use your own device anyway. Um, and this was in Forbes, by the way. Yeah. So this is a fairly big deal. Yeah, it is. And you know what's good with that is um, they're trying to, what they're secretly trying to do is increase uh, advantage members. Yep. So that, because they can sell the um, yeah. information. Yep. Yeah. Because once you're on the freaking flyer list, you know, you get all the marketing is already there. It's not a bad yep. thing to be an advantage member, by the way, because you do get credit for your flights. And once you get to a certain level, um, you know, you're no longer boarding in group nine. You can board it. You can board in group two <laughs> because like, so I buy basic economy. And um, if you have basic economy and I'm gold, so I get to board in group two, I think it is. Now, some airlines, even if you're not in, uh, even, if you're, even if you're upper tier, but you buy basic economy, you still have to board in your basic economy group, but others will allow you to board in your tier group. So if you're gold, I think you board at group two or three. It's Americans policy as yeah. well as opposed to boarding at the tail end. Um, I've boarded in group nine and it sucks. <laughs> so, and I bought the basic economy and boarded in group nine. And I didn't, you just sit there, you're like boarding group one and then boarding group two. And you know, after a while, I'm like, I can't believe these agents do nine groups for every flight. That's just nuts. <laughs> um, I'm all guessing right. all that has changed, right? in these COVID times, because now they're just boarding from the rear? Uh, I know with Delta, it did change, but, but I think with Delta, you still, uh, I think they still board like the, the special people who did uh, extra time. I think they still do those. Um, but then United after that, that too. yeah, then after that, they just go from the back forward. The general and, boarding is from the back. Yeah, and I think what this should, what, what this, what this should teach the airlines is that boarding from the rear forward is the way to go. I mean, we've been doing it for nine months <laughs> and it seems to be working. Because <laughs> before, can you imagine, they went and they bought all these stanchions with all these numbers and all that kinds of stuff. And they spent so much money on this boarding process. And now- The one thing is that there are fewer passenger numbers. So there's not that many people and therefore not that many carry on bags. Because I can see someone who's, let's say, in premium economy uh-huh. boarding last because that's towards the front of the aircraft, getting very irritated because all these people who have boarded before them have taken up all the cabin, the overhead locker space. Well, as long as those people are, but in premium economy, but your seats would not be in premium economy, right? No, let's say you are, right? Uh, right. But, but premium economy passenger. Oh, okay. Towards the front. Yeah. So we just need the flight attendants to do 
a part of their duty and then tell people because you know in Europe they tell you that if you try to put your bag in the wrong thing they're like sir you, you have to remove your bag <laughs> they don't joke <laughs> oh my god Trisha. Uh, well we could go on forever but this episode is already about 51 minutes long <laughs> and so we're gonna have to leave the other stories we have and we have quite a bit more stories for you uh, for the next episode um, did you have anything else for this episode on the American thing, Tasha? Uh-uh. All right, cool. So um, thank you guys very much. This was episode 57, and I hope I got the number right. Um, Are we still sticking to the what's happening in travel tagline? Uh, yes. Okay. Did I change it? You never mentioned it. At least I don't think you did. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're still, we're still taking second name. Oh, so episode twelve was the episode where we changed the name of the show uh, to "What's Happening in Travel." I went back okay. and I was listening to it, and I was like, "Oh, this is a change episode." Um, so, uh, but that's it for episode fifty-seven. I'm rambling again. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and thank you for listening to my rambling. And, um, you know, my, my, my leaving thought is look at the travel restrictions when you go in someplace. Travel is not like it used to be. Um, don't be a diva. Um, if somebody is telling you something and you don't like it, um, don't jump on social media and carry on about it because it's not about you. They're just enforcing a, a rule that somebody else came up with and stop yelling at those people for that. And if you don't like a company's rule, go call them on customer service and complain or something, or just don't, don't fly them or don't stay at their hotel or whatever it is. But it doesn't make any sense for you to just you know, blatantly um, disobey a lot of the rules that these people put in place just so they could you know, make, some, make their livelihood. Uh, and I guess we should have mentioned, I should have mentioned that uh, these are all topics from the end of November till about the middle of December. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, no, that's good. Though. And uh, I'd see, but, but it sounds like they all happened yesterday because <laughs> they're, they're all good topics. Um, I created a website called uh, uh, travelrestrictionsinfo.com. And if you go there, um, there's information on countries, airlines, and also on uh, airports. So let's say, for example, like if you if you are in the Chicago airport and um, you need to take a, a test, uh, you can go take a COVID test, PCR, and um, uh, what's the other one, Kershaw? I, I believe they're calling it the rapid, the rapid antigen test. Rapid antigen test. Um, you, you do have to pay for them. They're like $130, $140. Um, but there's a list of things like that. Of, 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 um, it's basically just resources on all the travel restrictions. And I keep adding different countries, airlines, and airports as time go along. Um, so that's it for this episode 57. Uh, I am Kerwin, and I'm here with my buddy. Pushro. And um, that's it for another episode of What's Time in Travel. See you soon.